For that amazing intro. Hi Carly! Oh, silence is upon us once again. There's just I, Katie, in the closet for this lovely second, well I guess third, third Minnesota. Um, if you're not aware, I'll catch you up to speed. Uh, right now, me and my best friend are separated. Uh, she's in LA for her hot girl summer while I am in Seattle for my hot girl summer. Um, so every week or so, one of us will be making a solo episode. Um, and if you haven't checked out Carly's episode, please do. She talks about her first couple weeks in LA and how she's feeling about it. Um, and I love to listen to her talk because I miss her greatly. And I bet you like listening to her talk too, because she's very wise and funny and cute. Even though you can't see her, you just know she's cute. Um, you know, I've been lying to you guys. I'm holding an organic apple mango fruit slosh, slosh, fruit sauce crushers. Um, and I just want to open it up right here. So, yeah, you hear that? So everyone open up your applesauce crushers and take a sip with me. Cheers, bitch. We're eating this summer. Clink. Tastes like mango applesauce. Um, and you know who else likes to eat? Girls. And I would know because I'm just like other girls, but I'm not like other podcasts. Hi. Welcome to Not Like Other Podcast Minnesota. Um, yeah. So this is kind of like my part two to my last Minnesota, if you listen to it. Um I talked a lot about the beginning stages of my eating disorder recovery, um, and how I was feeling about it, and how I feel like it was helping me, um, and some time has passed since recording that, so here's my little update, and also, like, <laughs> I mean, I can only really speak from my point of view, which is the whole thing, right? But I just, I just want to share my little story, and if you get something out of it, that makes me happy, um, because I got a lot out of it, so... Anyway, I'll stop trying to apologize for a living, and I'll get into it. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like the theme of my life recently is healing. Um, and I think what has led me to kind of, like, realize that's where I need to, like, what I need to be doing right now is recovery. So, I actually discharged from PHP. So I was doing PHP for about six weeks, which was about 30 hours of eating disorder recovery. And yes, it is as ex exhausting as it sounds, but also some of the most rewarding work I have ever done. Um, but I got discharged uh, down to IOP, which will be only 12 hours a week. Um, and the reason I did is because I was doing so well. So they thought it was a great time for me to kind of be challenged, you know, not to have so much support all the time and also, like, 
So instead of eating lunch and dinner with the group of people, I'm now just eating dinner with a group of people four times a week. So yeah, it's been it's been a hard transition, honestly. Uh, I, I kind of got to a point in my old recovery group where I was like, yeah, I'm top dog. <laughs> Which is like, what a weird thing to brag about. Uh, I'm, I'm top dog in my eating disorder recovery. Um, but no, it was more, mostly like, uh, I just felt so comfortable and I felt so at home with the people I was working with and also the other people in the group with me. Like it just felt safe and and comfortable and easy and you know that's when it kind of started to hit me that I needed to move on because I was like yeah we know that the only growth is in the uncomfortable so I need to push myself to continue this journey and like that's what I've been doing this last I had my first week of IOP which was the 12 hours um and it like I said it, it was it was hard it was challenging uh whole new group of people so you know when you when you enter in a new group of space it's like I feel like I have to impress people for some reason uh, and be like yes I'm very smart and and I have such great self-reflection and and I know I have an eating disorder and these are my triggers and it's like I'm like proving (laughs) myself that I'm like good enough for recovery which is so silly and I think I think a lot of people struggle with, um, I think in our society, we're taught that we can't get help until we're dying, which is awful because sometimes since we don't get the help when we need it, we get it when we have to have it. Um, it's harder or sometimes it, you know, worse comes worse and, and it's too late. And, um, it's just not fair that we teach people that they need to be on the brink of death to ask for help because, uh, hey, it's a lot easier to come up from the bottom when you aren't suffocating. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you don't need to prove yourself if you need help. You just need to get help because everyone's kind of at their own point uh, in any sort of recovery process. And as you listen to me talk about mine, know that, you know know that your story is going to be completely different than mine and that's totally okay because there is no right way to heal and battle hard things like (laughs) it's difficult it's messy it's not fun or cute but it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life and I am just kind of here to talk about that so yeah let's get more into it um (laughs) Things I've noticed that have improved in my life since joining recovery, um, I can think. And I know that's really silly, but uh, when you aren't fueling your body, uh, your brain kind of turns off. Um, And I didn't realize it for a long time, but I was kind of like living on autopilot. uh, And the only things I would give energy to was like love life because my self-esteem is so reliant on men that that's the only thing I cared about you know what I mean like I was I was starving myself and I also was like the only thing I could think about was food and then being attractive to men so (laughs) a real double whammy um and it didn't help it just strengthened my eating disorder so now I 
actually have enough brain capacity to <laughs> think about art, to read books, to talk to my friends, to not cry every night. Um, it's really wonderful. So that's been super fun. Um, my relationship with alcohol has changed. Uh, I used to really struggle with like using it as a way to numb my problems uh, and to also like lash out and be like, I don't know how to express these feelings sober, so therefore I need to get drunk and then I need to like spam text someone and tell them how I'm really feeling because I feel like I'm too much of a burden so I don't ask for what I want. So then I get resentful and I hold it all in. So great. Yeah, alcohol has been a lot, <laughs> it's been a lot nicer. Uh, I only really drink in social situations, um, which has been really fucking nice. So that's been an improvement. Um, I also feel like my self-esteem has gotten a lot better. Like, I still have up and down days. Like, I, I'm not I'm not up here being like, once you recover from an eating disorder, you love yourself. Because that's not true uh, at all. Like, I still really don't like myself, honestly. But um, I feel a shift in my point of view of myself. Like... I'm not allowing people to walk over me. I'm not feeling like I have to, you know, hypersexualize myself in order to feel love. I'm putting up boundaries with people. I'm not, I'm just not treating myself like shit anymore. And I'm not letting anyone else in my life treat me like shit anymore because um, I don't deserve that. And you don't deserve that. So yeah, <laughs> don't settle for that. Uh, and don't settle for the bare minimum or what I was getting less than the bare minimum because uh, it really starts to take a toll on you. So that's been something that recovery has given me is uh, some self-worth, uh, which has been so lovely. Um, another huge thing I've gotten is like stability, uh, like especially mental stability, like Things that would have probably, like, sent me into, like, 911 spiral a couple months ago now just make me sob for a day or two and then I can just let it go. You know, it, it, it things don't feel like the end of the world. Like, my catastrophizing has plummeted to almost zero, honestly, which has been really lovely. Like, I don't think I, I don't think I realized uh, how much my eating disorder was playing into my suicidal tendencies or suicidal ideations. Um, but yeah, it definitely was. And I see a huge shift in that. Like I, minor inconveniences do not trigger me into life or death, um, anymore. So that's, you know, that's pretty hot. Um, sorry, I'm using comedy is a deflection tool because this is very vulnerable um sorry I have to shift I'm in <laughs> I don't know if you can tell but I'm in I'm in my closet instead of Carly's closet and my closet is full of shit so I'm like sitting on my legs so my leg fell asleep so now I'm gonna get buzzies in my little legs um here's a shift uh It's been really hard. Uh, and I think one of the hardest things about recovery is realizing <laughs> that there are going to be people that 
uh, only want you when you're recovered, uh, and don't want to see you through the recovery, you know, like, they're going to want all the benefits of recovery, you know, that I'm easier to be around, and that I don't cry as much, and that I, (laughs) and that I, like, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just easy, like, I'm just at a point where I'm more consumable to be around, because I've been doing the hard work, um, but they don't want to see the hard work, uh, and they don't want to know the hard work, um, and that's something that's been kind of hard for me, because the hard work, like, the gross part of recovery is me, you know, um, crying while eating a burger, because I think I don't deserve a burger, is me, like, having to fight my urge to fucking make myself throw up is me, like, and I don't get to turn that off. I don't get to <laughs> I don't get to pretend that's not happening because I'm living through it. Um Yeah, so that's been something that's been kind of challenging for me is uh realizing that people are only going to see you as fully as they want to. Um but that doesn't have anything to do with me. Uh, and I'm worthy of being seen fully, you know, messes and all, uh, because I think the messy parts of me are maybe the parts that are my favorite because, you know, each time I conquer some sort of bullshit in my life, I grow stronger and I grow more empathetic and I grow more resilient and I, and I can just handle things differently. Like I'm, I'm more human uh yeah so that's been kind of tough for me but also like a good test to clock when someone says something negative about me and I have to look at it and be like no that's you're saying a lot about yourself right now um and it has nothing to do with me yeah so that's been really interesting uh, yeah, and I've just, I just met some of the most lovely people my whole life in this recovery program, uh, like the workers, uh, have been nothing but vulnerable and supportive and encouraging and, like, my fucking hype men, uh, And I don't think I realized how much I needed someone to look at me and tell me uh, that they were proud of me uh, and that they know that this is some of the hardest shit to do. And yet I get up every day, I go to work, I go to recovery, and I go to sleep. And that's fucking hard. Um... Yeah, so that's been really lovely. Like, just just meeting people like that and realizing how compassionate and powerful human connection is. Uh, And the people I've met through it, I've met some really fucking awe-inspiring humans who are, like, some of the most resilient people I have ever met. Like, and also the most, like, 
joyful. Like when, when I tell someone like, when I tell someone who isn't in eating disorder recovery, like I tell them like, Hey, I haven't like made myself throw up in a week. They're like, that's great. You should keep that up. But like when I tell someone who is in eating disorder recovery, like, Hey, I haven't thrown up for a whole week. It's like, they throw a whole fucking parade for me, dude. Um, yeah. And, and just having someone that is going through the struggle with you, be able to see you and you're able to see them and their accomplishments. Holy shit. Uh, it, it is so beautiful. Um, and so hard, uh, as well. Sorry, this is, like, a really weird thing for me to talk about, uh, because, uh, it's very nuanced, uh, and there's a lot of layers, and I feel like there's a lot of stigma around eating disorders and eating disorder recovery, um, Another thing I learned while being in recovery is that the world isn't in recovery. So just because I'm battling my eating disorder doesn't mean people around me are battling uh, their notions of diet culture and our societal view on fat people and our societal view on food. And that's been interesting, like realizing (laughs) how much ED tendencies are just in the fucking world, like in the workplace, like people coming up to me at my job and being like, well, I earned this food or like, don't worry, I only have one of these a week or like, (laughs) or like, I know I'm being bad, but can I have two bagels? And I just want to look at them and be like, holy shit, what has happened to you that you have to apologize to a random human about fueling your body? Um, And it also makes me be like, yeah, I work here. I eat these bagels once a day. Do you think I'm a fatty fat pig? (laughs) And I know they don't. I know they don't. I know it's just about their perception of diet culture. Um, And it's so interwoven into everything we do that it is so normalized. Like, like joking about, I haven't eaten anything today but iced coffee and so good. Like, it's just, it's just normalized to not eat and to fucking starve yourself um and hey that blows that blows a big time uh and it's also normalized to fucking hate fat people uh i'm not gonna sugarcoat it anymore uh this world fucking hates fat people uh and it's just the structure that we built everything on uh And that's also very nuanced because there's so many things that come into play. And I think something that I've been coming to terms with is that I need to stop apologizing for my body and for having a body because um, I spent 25 years of my life apologizing for being alive and apologizing for taking up too much space, yet I'm just taking up as much space as I deserve because I'm a human being. Um, and I'm sick of it, you know? Sick of shrinking myself to make people feel better. I'm sick of covering myself to make people more comfortable. Because guess what? I can put a turtleneck on, but I'm still gonna have huge tits. Like, it's just how my body is proportionalized. I don't know why. I didn't sign a waiver to the devil to say, hey, give me a juicy ass and huge tits, but that's what happened. Uh... So yeah, it's like, it's been interesting because I've been trying to push the boundaries of 
being seen in the world uh, because for a long time it would take me about like an hour to leave the house because I'd be like okay well if I wear this dress then men are gonna take it as an invitation to harass me on the streets and I don't want that but if I wear these baggy clothes then people aren't gonna treat me with respect because they're gonna think I'm I'm fat or I'm not trying hard enough and I need to be consumable enough to get their respect but not consumable enough to be fuckable like like (laughs) it's like I'm walking this imaginary line that it never is gonna happen it's never gonna happen and I realized that you know because I would go out in the turtleneck and I would still get men being like let me come on your face or whatever and I would go out in in the fucking like skimpy dress and I wouldn't get any respect that way you know people wouldn't talk to me because I'm still in my body like there's I'm I'm playing a game that I can never win it is rigged I'm at the carnival bitch and I am I'm trying to shoot a basketball into a hoop and the hoop is fucking demented it's squished there's no way that ball's going in even if I fucking jumped on the hoop and tried to shove the ball in I'm never gonna win um and none of us are ever gonna win so dress for your fucking self like that's it Um, And guess how I want to dress? I want to dress cute. I want to dress fun. I like pink. I like florals. I like prints. I like feeling, feeling tight clothing. Like I am comfortable showing my skin off because I've spent so many years hiding. So yeah, I've been pushing the boundary of that. I went out the other night in like a, basically a see-through shirt um, and it was cute as fuck. And I felt great. It was super fun. Like I felt really cute. I felt felt really fun I felt really like trendy I don't know I just felt like myself um and I got harassed you know I got people being like nice tits or whatever and I didn't take any of it personally because I was like damn that says a lot about you honey (laughs) like I was at a bar for my friend's birthday and I was wearing like a tight dress probably like the same dress any lady wears but I'm just bigger and again we've already gone over this doesn't matter I'm just wearing a dress um and I'm in the bathroom and this woman comes up to me and she goes wow I wish I had that problem and at first I was like I don't what the fuck are you talking about and then she mimes grabbing my boobs and I was like oh oh interesting interesting play on commentating on someone's body And then she basically started talking about how, like, she's really insecure about, you know, her boobs, whatever. So it's just, like, this random stranger just projecting her insecurities onto me. Um, And I think a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, that would have ruined my night. I probably would have left or gone home or cried in the bathroom and been like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with my body that allows people to comment on it? But uh, nothing to do with me. It's up to the people, you know? She's projecting whatever she wants onto me, whatever fits her fantasy, her narrative, you know? Um, and it has nothing to do with me. And I left that bathroom and it was like, damn, yikes. I hope that lady is okay. <laughs> and I had a great night. Um, and yeah, radical self-responsibility, baby. Radical acceptance, like whatever. But it's worth it. Um, if there's one thing you ever get out of me talking about anything is that recovery is super worth it. Um, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not fun. But it's worth it. Uh, I haven't felt... 
I haven't felt like this in maybe four years. Maybe ever. I don't know if I've ever felt like this. Uh, I feel like myself. But I also feel like I'm stronger than I ever have been. And that's great. It's really special. Um, and I think a really good thing about recovery is slowly as I am healing this part of me, as slowly as I'm, you know, recovering from this eating disorder, it's allowing me to see the bigger picture of like what I've been running from or like what I've been hiding with my eating disorder. Um, and eventually I can start working on those wounds, you know, and I can start healing. Um, and I really want to heal. I really want to heal, so I'm I'm really excited for the the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and simultaneously, like as this is going on, and I have been, you know, trying really hard to get better in recovery and trying my best to heal and grow and fuel my body. I've also been going through like some of the hardest shit I've ever gone through. Uh, some pretty intense, uh, heartbreak. Uh, and I'm really thankful that I have recovery during this time because I think if this would have happened a couple months ago, I don't know where I would be. Uh, and that scares me. But, but also it doesn't because I'm never, I'm never going to go back there. Um, and I want to talk about this heartbreak in more detail maybe maybe someday maybe never um but not now uh hurts hurts too much to talk about now and also it just wouldn't be constructive to anyone because like you want to listen to me cry (laughs) you katie puts out a 30 minute episode of her crying and just being erratic uh yeah. And there is a lot of uncertainty um, in healing and in recovery. And I think that's what kind of like lets us continue our self-hatred spiral because our self-hatred spiral because we are, you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, I've done this spiral before. I know if I drink this and I text this and I do this, then I'm going to end up here. And I'm used to it. And, you know, sometimes you get the instant instant gratification, you know? Sometimes I do get that adrenaline rush and it makes me feel alive. Um, and then I feel like shit for a really long time. But, uh, I can tell you the uncertainty of recovery is uh, gonna be a lot. <laughs> like, the uncertainty of recovery will always overpower your self-sacrificial sad spiral um because hey with uncertainty anything can happen and isn't that a lot more fun than uh just crying yourself to sleep every night i think so i think so um So yeah, uh, this is my mini little update about my recovery process. Uh, I'm trying to find the right words to tell you 
and to end this and to be inspirational and to be cool maybe um and I don't have the right words uh and I don't know if I'll ever have the right words for recovery or for heartbreak or for healing or for rewriting your narrative because I don't think there is any right words I think it's sometimes you gotta shit on the floor and everyone's gotta see it and then you feel really embarrassed and then you move on and then sometimes everyone loves it everyone's like this is the best shit I've ever seen keep doing it um there's so many ups and downs to recovery (laughs) and that's really it I'm really excited. You know, (laughs) I want to end this episode with some affirmations that have gotten me through the last couple weeks. Um, And if you want to repeat them with me, that would be nice. Um, Or you could think about your own affirmations and say them to yourself. But uh, this is for me. And you know what? Sometimes... Sometimes it's just going to be about me, and I I get that. I get those things, so. Yeah. Okay. I am easy to love. I am worth more than my body. I deserve respect in the body I'm currently in. I am a good person. I am a good person. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this ride. Because I'm enjoying it. <laughs>